Seems like this past week, everybody was posting this particular video all over the internet. There was a man, it was a grandpa, and we are informed that he was colorblind since birth. And we see him sitting in a lawn chair. It appears to be somebody's backyard. Someone has placed six colorful balloons by his feet. Not that he could make out the color very well. He was opening a birthday present and he pulled out of this box what appeared to be an ordinary pair of sunglasses. And someone off screen we hear explaining to him that they are something called enchroma glasses, corrective glasses, that when people who are colorblind put them on, they can see just like the rest of us see. They can see colors just like, the re like, like, like anybody else. So you see him taking the glasses out of the plastic bag in which they were wrapped and being kind of mildly doubtful but a very good recipient of a present. And he puts them on and he puts them on for just a moment and he immediately takes them back off again and bursts into tears. And you see him inch them back on again and then take them back off and rubbing his eyes and then putting them back on and tears are streaming down his face and he's saying, I can't believe how clear it is. Later on, there's a shot of him watching television and excitingly, excitedly talking to the people about him. Do you see this? Do you see how beautiful this is? He says, before, all I would see is, is haziness, but with these glasses, it's so beautiful. Do you understand how beautiful this is? You know, the world didn't change. He just saw it differently. He saw it better. He saw it in its true form, how it really is. And that's what Easter is supposed to do for you and for me. Easter is that corrective lens that makes us see things how they really are, lets you see you how you really are. Beautiful. You are beautiful. Everything God touches is beautiful. Everything He has created, everything He has created is beautiful. Even when something is marred by sin, marred by our sin, when entrusted to God, it will be made beautiful again. And whatever you have, if you entrust it to God, He will make it beautiful. Think of this story that we have been following these past 40 days. It was not supposed to be a beautiful story. Matter of fact, on its surface, it started out quite ugly. It is full of betrayal, hatred, lies, cruelty. At the end, abandonment. It was full of torture and pain and finally, death. How can that possibly be beautiful? If this story had happened to any other figure in history, it would have been just another tragic story. But it didn't happen to just anybody. It happened to the God-man, Jesus Christ. And to each of these ugly words, he added another. Love. We heard about betrayal, but he endured it because he loves you.
We heard about torture and pain, but he endured it because he loves you. We heard about death, but he faced it because he loves you. And in the end, entrusting death to him, he took this ugly, scary punishment for sin and conquered it and turned it into, for us, a pathway to new life. And now when we hear the story of his passion, we remember it as the beautiful testament of his love for us, for his creation. And when we experience death, our own or somebody else's, even with its pain and loss, our sadness is undergirded with hope because we have a special lens through which to see it. Not the eyes of despair, but the corrective lens of hope that allows us to see it as it truly is. A birth, a rebirth one day that all of us will experience into that life where all is made perfect, where our beauty as God's creation, our identity as his sons, as God's sons and daughters will become clear. We don't have to wait. We can start seeing the beautiful creation we are right now, today. Julian of Norwich was a Catholic mystic, probably born about the year 1342, and one of the things she talked about was entrusting your sins to God and how that can be a pathway to Him. Think, she advises us, when you sin, what happens? When you sin and you realize you sin, what happens? Hopefully at first you feel terrible, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I should come to that again. And then you start feeling contrition. God. I am so sorry, I'm so sorry that I did that. And hopefully you start praying more. God, I know I did this, please help me to be better in the future. I wanna be closer to you and I wanna be closer to my brothers and sisters. Like trying to make up to a friend. Perhaps you seek God even more then than you would otherwise. Maybe you come to do a holy hour. And then finally, the sin is brought out in confession. The penitent openly confesses his transgression and spurred on by his, in his spiritual journey by his penance and promises to do better. That sin, that sin which could even have been deadly, as Julian of Norwich explains, when entrusted to God, can be transformed into something beautiful that brought you closer to God and to your brothers and sisters. Not that we commit sin in order to grow closer to God. That is very, very dangerous. But under normal circumstances, is it not amazing that Jesus is so powerful that he can make even that beautiful? God doesn't always take away our pain. And as Catholics, we almost stand alone in understanding that there can be redemption in pain and sorrow and that it can have purpose and lead us somewhere. Even things that seem ugly and pointless can have hope shown into them. This past, you know, 55% of the time when you walk around as a priest with your collar on, people are excited to see a Catholic priest. 44.9% of the time, you're just like anybody else. People don't pay you much mind. But that tiny percentage of remainder of time, you experience big dislike from somebody. At the Chrism Mass this past week, 
it's on Tuesday, all the priests meet with the bishop downtown and I and a few other priests went down early in order to get good parking places and then went out for coffee before. And we were in the old arcade sitting in the basement uh, on the first floor around some chairs. And there was another set of chairs where some men sat and we were sitting over here. And after a while, some of them got up to leave and kind of one guy had to kind of go out of his way and lean over and put his elbow out and hit one of the priests go, oh, sorry, and then kept walking. I thought, well, that was interesting. And then later, we were walking away, and as we were passing the table, I said, hello, gentlemen. And y'all just kind of, hmm. And the, the gentleman that was with me, he's not a priest yet, he will be a priest in just a little while, said, well, they certainly don't like Catholic priests, do they? And I said, but think about the great things that just happened. You were still loyal to Christ. You did not hide that you were going to be a priest or that you were Jesus' friend. You were not goaded into sinful behavior. And now, to top it all off, I suggest that you pray for those men at that table. This ugly moment of behavior will be turned into something beautiful by God when you are presented before his throne at the end of your life. And this is true when you're stuck in traffic, when you're waiting in line, when you are annoyed by somebody, when you're tempted to gossip or misuse of the computer, anything. When you resist and when you fail and then entrust that sin to God, it can only serve to make you stronger, better, and more beautiful before him who is the only one who really matters the one who is bigger and more powerful than your pain, your past, your anger, your fear, your scars, or your worry. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who is risen from the grave, makes all things new when they are entrusted to him.